0: No business like show business, like no business. I know, all made up, and soon you'll be appearing. Every bit of nervousness. The sound that's music to your ears
1: Bernadette Peters there singing, There's No Business Like Show Business, from Irving Berlin's Annie Get Your Gun. A very warm welcome to Fine Music Radio 101.3 FM and to tonight's edition of Great Interpreters Goes Broadway. My name is Adrian Fuchs and tonight I have the special pleasure of taking you on a journey through the extraordinary career of Broadway baby Bernadette Peters, one of the all-time great musical theatre stars. A born performer, Peters made her Broadway debut in Most Happy Fella when she was only 11 years old and since then has become one of the most sought-after of Broadway dames, dazzling audiences and critics with her performances on stage and television, in concert and on recordings in a career spanning 60 years. Her versatile voice has variously been described as buttery and lemony, with a warmth and a vulnerable girly quality. David Cote likened it to an angelic soprano that can dip down into adorable languid growls. Her performances are marked by an ever-present mix of humour, warmth, passion and emotional depth. Hers is a subtle, less outward art, and her interpretations are always full of depth and nuance. It's no wonder then that Peters is one of the most critically acclaimed and lauded Broadway performers alive, having received nominations for seven Tony Awards, winning two, plus an honorary award, and nine Drama Desk Awards, winning three. Four of the Broadway cast albums on which she has starred have won Grammy Awards. Interestingly, for someone who is predominantly known as a leading interpreter of the work of Stephen Sondheim, her two Tony wins were both for non-Sondheim musicals. The first was for her portrayal of Emma in Andrew Lloyd Webber's Song and Dance, and the second was for her riveting assumption of the role of sharpshooter Annie Oakley in a revival of Irving Berlin's Annie Get Your Gun. She has also created leading roles in musicals by Jerry Herman, namely Mack and Mabel, and Marvin Hamlish, in The Goodbye Girl. Nevertheless, we find Bernadette Peters at her radiant best, breathing life into the music and words of Sondheim's heroines, whether as model mistress Dot in Sunday in the Park with George, a wise witch in Into the Woods, the domineering stage mother Rose in Gypsy, the captivating yet sentimental actress Desiree Armfelt in A Little Night Music, and most recently, a former Follies girl in Follies. Sondheim himself has said of Peter's, Like very few others, she sings and acts at the same time. Most performers act and then sing. Bernadette is flawless as far as I am concerned. I can't think of anything negative. Before we continue, a reminder that if you enjoy tonight's show or missed any of the previous programs in the Great Interpreters Goes Broadway series, you can listen again or download a podcast of this program or any of the previous shows from my website on and off the record, www on and off the record dot com that's www and off the record dot com you can also download a podcast or subscribe to the on and off the record podcast feed on itunes and if you have any feedback comments or suggestions please do contact me at adrian at on and off the record dot com or send me a message on the facebook on and off the record page but now on with tonight's show
2: Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Bernadette Peters!
1: Baby from Follies, with music and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim, performed there live by Bernadette Peters in Carnegie Hall on December ninth, 1996. Peters was born Bernadette Lazara in Ozone Park, Queens, New York on February 28th, 1948, the youngest of three children. Her mother, Marguerite, had wanted to become an actress, but her own mother wouldn't allow her, feeling that a career as an actress was beneath her. As a result, Marguerite Lazara redirected her own show business ambitions into her two daughters. Peters began her performing career at the age of three with appearances on Juvenile Jury, the classic TV game show named That Tune, and several appearances on the children's talent radio program The Horn and Hardart Children's Hour. By the age of five, she was taking singing and tap-dancing lessons, and by nine was a member of Actors' Equity under her new, less obviously Italian, more marquee-friendly surname, Peters, derived from her father's first name, Peter. Here is an extract from an interview with Peters, recorded for Masterworks Broadway. I was a child of television.
3: And on television, there were a lot of variety shows. Perry Como and Dinah Shore and Frank Sinatra and Steve Allen and a lot of music. And so I was always exposed to music, always loving music. And I grew up... My mother said I used to sing in front of the television. I was always surrounded by music. And I suppose I've always had music in my life. I always did it. And my, My sister went to the High School of Performing Arts. And my mother took me... And gave me lessons And that's how it all began We didn't have money to go to the theater If we were going to take lessons So the lessons were the priority So I never saw a lot of Broadway Everything I learned about Broadway Was from, God bless him, the Ed Sullivan show and when I say I saw, you know, I realized, well, I did see Ethel Merman, but wait a minute, I didn't see Ethel Merman in person. I saw Ethel Merman on the Ed Sullivan show. I saw all those great performers. I saw Hello, Dolly! on the Ed Sullivan show. I saw all those things, and I grew up being influenced by Frank Sinatra and Lena Horne and when I was 10 years old because there was a lot of them on television, and Tony Bennett, and the music that my mother had at home were the Rodgers and Hammerstein albums, so I put them on the record player, and the carousel waltz just sent me to heaven, and that's where I heard it first. I was sort of in shows before I got to see them. I was on television and didn't even realize I was on it, and I'll tell you why. Because in those days, there was no tape. Those days, television was live, when I was three and a half and five years old, and I was on the Hundredhearted hearted Children's Hour out of New York. I would go someplace, sing with these kind of big machines in front of me, which were the cameras, and then I come home, and not knowing that I had appeared on television. But then I found myself in theater and on and on the road when I was 13 years old in gypsy, and then realizing later on, as I was, was working more and more, how I was totally comfortable up on stage and, and loved it. The one thing I had learned was to not copy anyone, and I always tell everyone to... Be yourself because you're the original and that's the most important thing.
1: Her father, Peter, drove a bread delivery truck and was less agreeable about a career in show business for his daughter. My father didn't push me as much as my mother, noted Peters. She made me study piano and my father used to say, Can't you hear her? She's terrible. I wasn't angry for him for saying that, noted Peters. I agreed with my father. I wasn't very good and around age 8 they let me quit the piano. But the advantage of those early years of music study was that I learned to read music. My father thought we were all crazy, but he let us perform anyway, because he let my mother do whatever she wanted to do. Already as a child actress, Peters was often somber, unsmiling, repelled by the ingratiating reflexes of other children. I knew I was there to work, she says, and I still do. I had an aptitude for performing, but I've got to be honest and say the career was my mother's idea more than mine. I never really liked being on the road. I missed home. And even though she may have been a child performer, Peters is careful to point out that she was not a child star. Because of that, I didn't have a letdown when I got older. I just grew up in the business, she noted. In 1957, aged nine, Peters made her professional theatrical debut in This Is Goggle, starring James Daly and Kim Hunter, directed by the legendary Otto Preminger. Shortly thereafter, aged 11, she appeared as Tessie in City Center's revival of The Most Happy Fella and understudied the part of Dainty June in the second national touring production of the musical Gypsy. In five months on the road, she got the chance to perform the role just once, when a stage hand accidentally hit the main actress on the head. During the Gypsy Tour, Peters first met her longtime accompanist, conductor, and arranger, Marvin Laird, who was the assistant conductor for the tour. Laird recalled, I heard her sing an odd phrase or two and thought, God, that's a big voice out of that little girl. It was late in high school that Peters finally fell in love with her singing and acting lessons and was overtaken by a genuine passion for performing. "'It was something that I realised I loved doing "'and wanted to continue doing,' she noted. Upon graduating from high school, Peters started working steadily, appearing off-Broadway in the musicals The Penny Friend and Curly McDimple, and as a standby on Broadway in The Girl in the Freudian Slip. Her Broadway debut came in 1967, aged 19, in the play Johnny No Trump, written by Mary Mercier. The show was a colossal failure. It closed after one performance. But shortly thereafter, she won her first Drama Desk Award for her show-stopping performance in the smash hit, off-Broadway musical pastiche, Dames at Sea. Her campy performance as Ruby, the 1930s-style chorus girl, won her critical acclaim and national fame.
0: Peter, patter what's the matter with me Peter, patter rain is all that I see Where
3: James at Sea was basically my break. That was sort of my big break. We first did it in a coffee house called Cafe Chino, and it was on Cornelia Street. It was one act, but I just never had so much fun in my life. I remember thinking, I can't wait, because the audiences were, just loved the show so much. They would just hysterical. They were laughing so much because it was the first time that pastiche really, except for the boyfriend, the first time that pastiche and, and uh, was really presented. And it was a takeoff on all the movies of the 30s. Ruby Keeler, and all those, those lines that you can't believe they got away with. So here we were lovingly making fun of them. And the audience loved it so much. I remember that I couldn't wait to get off stage to change my clothes to get back on. <laughs> because it was so much fun and i remember my father coming down there and being horrified because a man with a necklace served him a drink and then of course they got the money to then move it to legit a bit which is off broadway and we were at the bowery lane theater which was a perfect theater for this this show because it's a long narrow theater like a bowling alley and at the end is the stage And Ruby, my character, made her entrance from the back. And all of a sudden you see this person walking down the aisle, looking and entering, going up on the stage and entering the scene, which made the audience feel a part of it. And I have to say, the set was so wonderful because it was a tiny little stage. But when we did a production number, which meant everybody, which meant six people, which with mirrors, we made it look like there was like a whole Brisbane Berkeley chorus line. The proscenium arch would open one foot like this uh, up and sides like that. And now we're in a big production number with choruses of thousands plus mirrors. So, I mean, we were all the audience was in on it and it was just so much fun.
1: Peter's there in an extract from an interview recorded for Masterworks Broadway. Her next major role could not have been more removed from the ditzy stereotype of dames at sea. In 1968, Peter starred with Joel Grey in the musical George M., earning a Theatre World award for her memorable portrayal of Josie Cohen. In 1974, Peters played Mabel Normand opposite Robert Preston's Mac Senate in the Jerry Herman musical comedy Mac and Mabel. Though the show was not a success, it played for just 66 performances. Mac and Mabel's cast album became popular among musical theatre enthusiasts, and the show has since gone on to become a well-loved staple of community theatres. Peters received rave reviews for her performance, earning a Tony nomination. Clive Barnes in the New York Times wrote, With the splashy Mac and Mabel, the diminutive Bernadette Peters found herself as a major Broadway star. Here is Peters in an interview conducted for Masterworks Broadway.
3: Mac and Mabel was an interesting experience we started out in California in LA and worked our way across the country and of course I worked with Robert Preston who was a dream and how lucky was I and then Gower Champion directed it and he was amazing and I just loved the whole experience I had said that when we opened in New York even if we did were not a success I would do the whole experience over again because it was so enjoyable and Jerry Herman who was always so positive and 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 wrote a great score. Time Heals Everything is one of those songs really for the ages. I think it's sort of a classic now and a beautiful song. Interesting to perform.
1: Let's listen to Time Heals Everything from Jerry Herman's Mac and Mabel. During the early 1970s, Peters moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career in film and television. Since then, she has appeared in an impressive 33 feature films or television movies. She was hilarious as a cabaret entertainer in Mel Brooks's 1976 film Silent Movie, for which she was nominated for a Golden Globe Award, and starred as the long-suffering wife of Goonie Steve Martin in The Jerk, a role that he wrote for her. 1981's Pennies from Heaven, for which she won the Golden Globe Award as Best Motion Picture Actress in a Comedy or Musical, saw her playing Eileen Everson, a schoolteacher turned prostitute, a role that reunited her with Martin and earned her widespread acclaim. Pauline Kael, for example, wrote in The New Yorker, Peters is mysteriously right in every nuance. In 1982, Peters appeared as the evil, would-be adoptive mother in the musical Annie, and co-starred with Clint Eastwood in 1989's Pink Cadillac. 1990 saw her appearing in Woody Allen's Alice. Another highlight came in 2003, when she appeared with three generations of the Kirk Douglas family in the film It Runs in the Family, in which she played the wife of Michael Douglas' character. Feeling unfulfilled in Hollywood, Peter's return to Broadway in the mid-1980s, where she would go on to star in such musicals as Sunday in the Park with George, Song and Dance and Into the Woods. Although she would in future become known primarily for her work on the stage, she would continue to appear in film and TV in a variety of projects. She received an Emmy nomination for her recurring role in the hit series Ally McBeal and drew much praise for her guest appearances in Grey's Anatomy and Ugly Betty and more recently NBC's new hit series Smash. Following a 10-year absence from the Broadway musical stage, Peters received a call from James Lapine who said that he was doing a workshop for a new show with Stephen Sondheim. I'd always wanted to work with Steve, noted Peters, and here was an opportunity just coming to me. It just seemed such a perfect thing to do. It was such an unusual subject, a musical about the pointillist artist George Serra. Sunday in the Park with George marked the beginning of a long and fruitful association for Peters and Sondheim. Initially, she was intimidated by him, as everyone is of someone with such enormous talent, she noted. Stephen writes both the music and the lyrics, so he's always been clear about what he wants, and he's prepared to argue for it. There were times when I couldn't remember the words, but he would say, I couldn't do what you do. I couldn't get up there and sing. He was very sweet. That Peters and Sondheim have amassed such a thick scrapbook together, Sondheim says, has got more to do with their coincidental convergence of interests. A number of my shows have really good parts for women, he explains, People who like to act, and singers who like to act, are attracted to my songs. They're about acting. And although he views Peters as a more intuitive performer, the opposite in a sense of an Angela Lansbury, who has an knack for subsuming her own personality, Sondheim feels an admiration for the way in which Peters shapes a role to the contours of her own style. There's an aspect of Bernadette that's always Bernadette, she brings a Bernadettishness to her performances, and yet she completely plays the character. He noted.
3: I was playing the Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco, and I got this call from James Lepine saying he was he's doing a new show, a workshop, of a Steve Sondheim show. Uh, tell me, and he sent me like an outline, two pages of an outline. And I'm reading it and I thought to myself, the weird thing is, I thought to myself, wow, Mandy Patinkin would be great for George. So I said to him, oh, this sounds really wonderful to do. And I said, and who's, who are you thinking of for George? He said, well, I'm thinking of Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Well, he might have said he's playing it. And in, in retrospect, I remember, I think Mandy said he saw me in a movie and he thought, oh, I'd love to work with her one day. So it was interesting that we both kind of had an instinct of what was going to happen. And this is a show that Steve and James were writing as we were doing it. We started in workshop. We had one act and then two performances of the second act. And then as we were doing the show on Broadway and previews, James would tell Steve, I need a song here, I need a song. He would be writing and these new songs would come in. And we, you know, the cast, even in the the workshop, the first act, would just be sitting there all agog when these new... These new, amazing songs would appear. You
0: would have liked him Mama, you would Mama, he makes things Mama, they're good Just as you said from the start Children and art Children and art. He should be happy. Mama, he's poo. What do I do?
3: You are such a fortunate actor when you get the person that writes the piece right there to ask them, What does that mean? What did it mean when you wrote that? That's a quarter note why what does this line mean what is what is a gavot <laughs> you know i mean that, that i probably could have looked up but elliptical and you know and uh, but that's those are just words but what did he mean when he wrote such and such i mean can you imagine being able to ask william shakespeare what you know and it was almost it's like that that he is right there to to let you know what exactly certain things mean he is Lovely to work with, just very supportive, and loves actors. I'm just so proud and, and fortunate. I feel, just feel so fortunate that I was, I was in that show, that I was given the opportunity to experience what these songs and the show were saying.
1: And that interview clip was taken from an interview with Peters, recorded for Masterworks Broadway. Sunday in the Park with George opened at the Booth Theatre on Broadway on May 2nd, 1984. As Dot, the frustrated mistress and model of artist George Serra, Peters gave a glowing, heartfelt portrayal, which displayed her talents as both a singer and an actress. One critic noted that Peters embodied her character's upset and rejection in a very real way in every performance. But that's the fulfilling part, Peters noted, when something happens to you during the song. Let's listen now to Peters in another Masterworks Broadway interview clip.
3: My first experience with Steve Sondheim as an artist was uh, the first show I did of his, which was Sunday in the Park with George, and of course I was given the first song. Um, which is called Sunday in the Park with George. It was daunting to be handed this big number with a lot of words, and um, I was a little overwhelmed. I was nervous to be in this Broadway show, and uh, a new Broadway show, and James Lapine, he was a darling, but, you know, he wrote it, and then Steve wrote the music and the lyrics, and uh, once you get to know him, he's just a great guy to work with and you know the first thing he'll say to you is well I don't know how you can do what you do you know I couldn't get up there and you know he's got great compassion and great love great love for the artist you know he's really really not a harsh critic he's very very supportive when you are doing his material and learning he gives great notes and I used to love getting his notes once we were up and running, and he'd come back and he'd come see the show. He'd love, if he liked where the show was going, he just would come and see it often and give you notes. And if I could tell myself something, I would have told myself. You didn't have to be so nervous. He's a really nice person. <laughs> you know, I was down. really nervous with that with that number that I don't even know. I, I can't even tell you, I was even breaking it down in a very. Technical, uh, precise, um, good way. <laughs> I think I just grabbed it and learned it and ran with it. You know, now it's something to be enjoyed and loved, and it's a wonderful, wonderful number. And I just was too young and dumb at that time to, all well, I would, I just was crazed and nervous to have this number with all these. This breathing and these words at the end Although one day, I have to say, we were in we were in previews And that long ending I got lost in the words But I ended with the music And he came back and he said, well, how did you end with the music? I, did, I don't know, for some reason I knew Where I was as far as the music Or it was in my bones more than I realized it I had to make up new, I was making up lyrics, you know but I made up the lyrics, and then, for some reason, I ended with music just in the exact right place.
0: Well, there are worse at the on
4: a
1: Peters's portrayal of Dot was praised by critics. Frank Rich in the New York Times, for example, called her radiant. She was nominated for a Tony Award but didn't win, and the production was filmed for broadcast on PBS in 1986. One of the many highlights of Sunday in the Park with George is the 11 o'clock number Move On. Of this song, Peters noted, When I was first playing the role of Dot, I thought, well this is a nice song, it's about getting him to move on. Then all of a sudden, boom, and every night it became like meditating to sing that song. It was like a high. It was so healing and uplifting. I would wait for that part of the show every night. It would mean so many things. Life was going on around me. I would have friends that things were happening to and it would be about them and it would be about me and it would be about life. Sondheim writes so beautifully for character for what is happening in the scene, she says. I learned so much about life from Sunday in the Park with George. Here is Peters in an interview recorded for Masterworks Broadway.
3: When I got to move on, I when I was first given move on the song move on, I thought, well, this is a nice song, <laughs> I'm telling him, you know, just move on, move on, get on with it, move on, move. And finally, as when I the show was running, I just the depth of it was just amazing to me, and it became really, it was my salvation at the end of the show because the character of Dot goes through such an upsetting experience, so heartbreaking, loving this man, not being able to be with him, and being frustrated, and, and singing We Do Not Belong Together, where it was tearing her apart, and leaving with Louis but wanting to be with him. And finally, at the end, I get to be healed, is what happens with Move On. The character gets to be healed, and I would wait for that that song between the the holding the notes and what it's saying is truly like meditating it's just so uplifting and beautiful
1: let's listen now to the song move on from sunday in the park with george by stephen sondheim
3: are you working on something new no that is not like you george
2: I've nothing to say You have many things Well, nothing that's not been said Said by you, I don't. do not know where to go And not at all I want to make things that count Things that I did what I, do. I had to do What am I to do? Move
0: on Stop worrying where you're going Move on If you can know where you're going You've gone Just keep moving on I chose and my world was shaken So what? The choice may have been mistaken The choosing was not You have to move
3: on
0: Look at what you want Not at where you are Not at what you'll be Look at all the things you've done for me Opened up my eyes Taught me how to see Notice every tree Notice every tree Understand the light Understand the light Concentrate I on want love. To
2: I want to explore the light I want to know how to get through through to something new Something of my own
0: Look at all the things you gave to things me. I hadn't Let had me give mouth, to you something in, in return. And your smile. I would be and so pleased. And the way you catch the light. And the care.
2: And the feeling. I'm alive
3: Then it will be new
0: Give us more to see
1: Peters' next major role was in Andrew Lloyd Webber's Song and Dance, which opened on September 18, 1985 at the Royal Theatre on Broadway. Although the show was almost universally panned by the critics, who tended to praise Peters and fume about the show itself, the combined appeal of Peters and Lloyd Webber would keep audiences coming. Frank Rich in the New York Times wrote that Peters is more than talented. As an actress, singer, comedian and all-round warming presence, she has no peer in the musical theatre right now, he wrote. Not surprisingly then, Peters won her first Tony for leading actress in a musical and a Drama Desk Award for her performance as Emma. In the New York Times review of the 1986 Broadway cast recording of Song and Dance, Stephen Holden wrote that the recording was "...a personal triumph for a singer and actress who is rapidly establishing herself as the first lady of the Broadway musical." Performing material whose music borders on kitsch and whose lyrics and story suggest a verbose soap opera, Miss Peters nevertheless projects an astounding emotional generosity and conviction. Almost single-handedly, she turns the inconsequential erotic misadventures of Emma into a touching romantic fable about love and its defences and the loss of innocence. Miss Peters has always oozed a cuddlesome, Shirley Temple-like sweetness and vulnerability. This quality, which used to seem more like an adorable child-star affectation than a deep-seated trait, has proved to be an essential ingredient of Miss Peters' personality. A delivery that once seemed coy and cutesy has deepened and ripened into an honesty and compassion that pour out in singing that is childlike but also resilient.
3: Song and Dance was, a, was really a vocal challenge. That's a show where the character would sing the whole first act by herself. In fact, when someone was explaining what the show was to me, I kept thinking I wasn't hearing correctly. You mean the whole first act is just this one person on stage, this character, you know, going through her life on stage? What I would do is I just took a singing lesson every day before the show. And put my voice, it was a therapeutic lesson With my wonderful singing teacher, Adrian Angel And put my voice back in alignment To get me ready for the show that night But it was very, very fulfilling It was a very fulfilling experience And it was a wonderful challenge And um, basically you can't do anything else When you're in a show like that You can't use your voice in any other way Otherwise you just don't have it Andrew Lloyd Webber's music is There's always a beautiful melody to connect to. The melodies are just always grand and swooping and and very beautiful. It appeals to a lot of people. It's very um, soothing and popular and lovely that way. The lyrics have always been the most important part of a song. I mean, it has to be a great marriage of both, but what I'm singing about or what the song is about is very important. Like an unexpected song I sing, and it's just a celebration of, of a wonderful feeling and love.
0: No matter what I do I see your face appear like an unexpected song an unexpected song that only we
1: are here. And that clip was taken from a Masterworks Broadway interview with Bernadette Peters Here now is Tell Me on a Sunday from Song and Dance with music by Andrew Lloyd Webber and lyrics by Don Black. In 1987, Peters created the role of the wizened witch of Hansel and Gretel fame in Stephen Sondheim and James Lapine's *Into the Woods*. She wasn't an obvious first choice for the role, as Sondheim recalls. By sheer coincidence, I was up in the country. Bernadette was passing through Connecticut, and I invited her to have lunch. She asked, "How are things?" and I told her that we're having casting problems. I wasn't hinting. To Sondheim's surprise. Peters immediately suggested playing the witch herself, even though it wasn't the magnitude of role to which a leading lady of her stature would usually commit. And Sondheim thinks he understands why. I think her experience with Sunday in the Park with George was such a life-changing one, he says. She had never played anything like that before. The kind of musical it was was completely new to her and extremely exciting. And I think she wanted that again. Into the Woods premiered on Broadway on November 5th, 1987, with Peters nearly unrecognizable in her heavy makeup as the witch. And now for a live version of the song Children Will Listen from Into the Woods, as performed by Bernadette Peters during a concert in the Royal Festival Hall, London, on September 17th, 1998. (laughs) ¶¶
0: Children will listen Care for the things you do Children will see And learn Children may not obey But children will listen Children will look to you For which way to turn to be careful before you say listen to me children will listen careful the wish you make wishes are children careful the path they take wishes come true
1: In 1993, Peters starred in the musical adaptation of Neil Simon's The Goodbye Girl, with music by Marvin Hamlish. In 1995, she continued her association with Sondheim by appearing in a benefit concert of Anyone Can Whistle at Carnegie Hall, playing the role of Faye Apple. Here is Peters in an interview recorded for Masterworks Broadway followed by the song Anyone Can Whistle, recorded live in Carnegie Hall during the 1995
0: Benefit Concert. some odd little men with their smart little schemes They forgot one thing The play isn't over by a long shot yet There are heroes in the world Princes and heroes in the world And one of them will save us Wait and see Wait and see There won't be trumpets or bolts of fire To say he's coming
3: Anyone Can Whistle was a benefit concert at, at Carnegie Hall, and it has a wonderful score. And it was fun to do. Angela Lansbury came back to be the narrator, and Madeleine Kahn played Angela's role, actually. I got to do this wonderful monologue for the character's entrance, and then sing There Won't Be Trumpets. Fabulous song, just a fabulous song. And the other song that my character gets to sing, which is a gorgeous song, is Anyone Can Whistle. And Steve gave me a note before we went on to sing one of the notes at the end, sing to take a higher note. Like, anyone
0: can whistle.
3: And I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) So so you won't hear that. And I thought, geez, how can you forget a note that Steve Sondheim gave you? I thought, that's that's strange. Anyway, it was a, a glorious night.
0: Anyone can whistle, that's what they say, easy. Anyone can whistle, any old day, easy. It's all so simple, relax, let go, let fly. So someone tell me why can't I? I can dance a tango, I can read Greek, easy. I can slay a dragon, any old wee. What's hard is simple What's natural comes hard Maybe you could show me How to let go Lower Can slay a dragon any old we
1: In 1996, Peters married Michael Wittenberg, a financial advisor. He was 34 and she was 48. Their first meeting was memorable. I was dressed up in front of my apartment building on West End Avenue, waiting for a date who was late, noted Peters. Michael came walking down the street and saw me. We had never met before, but he recognized me and later said that he always had a crush on me. That evening he was on his way to a charity event and was in a tuxedo, so he walked up to me and said, Are you ready to go? How's that for a sense of confidence and a sense of humour? Peters and Wittenberg's union was a happy one, but it was tragically cut short ten years later in 2006 when Wittenberg died in a helicopter crash. Peters had a benefit concert and a string of tour dates scheduled around that time, but the shows went on. It was three weeks after, she says. If it was two weeks, I couldn't have done it. And then there were other shows I'd committed to. It was about putting one foot ahead of the other. Not a Day Goes By from Stephen Sondheim's Merrily We Roll Along, performed by Peters in Carnegie Hall on December 9th, 1996. In 1998, Peters went on to win her second Tony for her performance as Annie Oakley in the Broadway revival of Irving Berlin's Annie Get Your Gun.
0: Oh, my mother was frightened by a shotgun, they say. That's why I'm such a wonderful shotgun. Shot I'll be out in the cactus and i practice all day And now tell me what have I got I'm quick
3: Now any Get Your Gun has a book by a great lyricist who was going to write the lyrics for for um, for this show but because Irving Berlin wrote the, was writing the music, he writes the music and the lyrics. So the book of the show is written by Dorothy Fields, who I'm a great fan of. It's a wonderful character. And then again, it's a, it's a show that was made famous by Ethel Merman. And um, Mary Martin took it on the road. Here we have a great character, this girl that is raising her whole family, her, her all her siblings who actually is the breadwinner in the family, has to go hunt for their food, which is was a true story, and it happens to be a great shot. And then she realizes that there's a future in this and she becomes one you know, one of the greatest female shooters ever. They write this show about her. So I you know, I approached it as a new, fresh character with a great score, my gosh. And you can't get a man with a gun is one of the best musical comedy numbers written for the stage. The whole show is, is a, is, has a score you can't believe, starting with this no-business-like show business. That's from Annie Get Your Gun. Got lost in his arms. You know, there's tons of great music in this show. It was a pleasure to reinterpret it. And the most important thing about doing this show for me, and Get Your Gun, uh, a revival, was not, and also for the director, Graziella Danielle, was to not do it like a walk down memory lane. Because I feel that every show should unfold in front of you. No matter when it was written. Everyone agreed upon that. And that was the main thrust of a of a doing a revival which I had never wanted to do before. To me, entertainment is the most important part, you know. If somebody has to read their program, then we're not doing it on the stage, I feel.
1: Peters there in an interview recorded for Masterworks Broadway. Among many glowing notices for the role, critic Lloyd Rose of the Washington Post commented Peters banishes all thoughts of Ethel Merman. Partly, this is because Merman's Annie was a hearty, boisterous gal, while Peters plays Annie as adorable and slightly goofy. For anyone who cares about the American musical theatre, the chance to see Peters in this role is reason enough to see the show. Playbill went even further. Arguably the most talented comedian in the musical theatre today, Peters manages to extract a laugh from almost every line she delivers. Let's listen now to You Can't Get a Man With a Gun from Annie Get Your Gun.
0: Oh my mother was frightened by a shotgun, they say. That's why I'm such a wonderful shot. I'll be out in the cactus and I practice all day. And now tell me. What have I got? Hung quick on the trigger with targets not much bigger. so
1: Guns' score, a veritable treasure chest of Irving Berlin hits, including There's No Business Like Show Business, Doing What Comes Naturally, Moonshine Lullaby, They Say It's Wonderful, and I Got the Sun in the Morning, allowed Peters to show off her vocal skill, from little girl sweetness to bombshell belting. Of the vocal demands of the role, she noted, It's not tiring because it feeds me back so much and it's fun to do. During song and dance, my vocal coach, Adrienne Angel, really taught me how to sing. She gave me a great gift. She taught me how to sing so I could really use my instrument. So if I hear something, I can hit it and I know it will be there.
0: You could do, I could do better. I can do anything better than
2: you. No, you can't. Yes,
0: I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No,
2: you can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Anything you can be, I can be greater. Sooner or later, I'm greater than you. No,
0: you're not.
2: Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I can shoot a partridge with a single cartridge.
0: I can get a sparrow with the Bow an and
2: I can live on bread and cheese
0: And only on that Yep Suckin' so a rat
2: Any note you can sing I can sing higher
0: I can sing any note higher than you No you can't Yes I can No you can Yes I can No you can't Yes I
2: can No you
0: can't
2: Yes I can, no, can. Yes, I can. Yeah. How do you sing that high?
0: I'm a girl
2: anything you can say, I can say softer.
0: I can say anything softer than you.
2: No, you can't.
0: Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I
2: can. I can drink my liquor faster than a flicker.
0: I can drink it quicker and even sicker
2: I can open any safe
0: Without being caught That's what I thought you crook
2: Any note you can hold I can hold longer
0: I can hold any note Longer than you No
2: you can't Yes
0: I can No you can't Yes
2: I can No you can't Yes I can, no, you can't. Yes, I can. Yeah. Anything you can say, I can say faster.
0: I can say anything faster than you. Me no, can. Yes, I can.
2: They okay? can. Yes, I can. I can jump a hurdle.
0: I can wear a girdle.
2: I can knit a sweater.
0: I can feel it better.
2: I can do most anything. Can you
0: bake a pie? No. Neither can I.
2: Anything you can sing, I can sing sweeter.
0: I can sing anything sweeter than you.
2: No, you can't.
0: Yes, I can. No,
2: you can mm-hmm. Yes,
0: I can.
2: No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Oh, yes, I can. No, you can't. 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 Yes,
0: I can.
1: Anything You Can Do from Annie Get Your Gun with music and lyrics by Irving Berlin. Many writers and critics have noted that Peters comes across on stage and off as being far younger than her actual age. It isn't only her physical appearance but her seemingly innocent, girlish character that seems to captivate those that come into contact with her. Hers is a potent mixture of sexual allure, vulnerability, innocence and playfulness. In reviewing her solo concert at Lincoln Center in 2006, Stephen Holden wrote in the New York Times, Even while swiveling across the stage of Avery Fisher Hall, like a voluptuous Botticelli Venus in Bob Mackie Spangles, she radiated innocence. For the eternal child in all of us, she evokes a surrogate childhood playmate. To say that Peters doesn't look her age doesn't begin to describe her seemingly eternal, Betty Boop-like girlishness, noted Charles McGrath in the New York Times in 2010. Her porcelain skin is untroubled by wrinkles, her Cupid doll smile defies gravity. When she turned up for lunch at an Upper West Side restaurant recently, her eye-snagging bosom pillowed distractingly from a low-cut dress and the humidity had injected an extra jolt of abandon into her trademark corkscrew curls. Perhaps her secret is this. Lunch consisted of precisely two glasses of Pellegrino. The fact that Peters is both a musical star and a sex symbol who even posed for Playboy in the 1980s dated Steve Martin and hosted Saturday Night Live, is perhaps part of what makes her so enduringly appealing. Steve Cohen wrote that, aside from her talent, and of course that's a big aside, the most impressive thing about Bernadette Peters is how she combines sex and innocence in her persona. Never has there been a performer who exudes such overt sexuality with prominent bust and revealing necklines while maintaining an innocent little girl character. This is most prominent in her concert appearances, but it also coloured her portrayal of Annie Oakley. She certainly had more youthful vulnerability and sex appeal than Ethel Merman. Peters accepts this compliment sweetly. I was a child performer and my teachers used to tell me to create my own character, to be different from anyone else. This is my nature. I guess I have some of each of these sides within me. I know I look sexy, but I try never to be lascivious. That's the difference. And I always treat the sexiness with a sense of humor. You
0: got sunlight on the sand. You got moonlight on the sea. You got mangoes and bananas. You can pick right off a tree. You got volleyball and ping pong. And a lot of dandy games What ain't you got? You ain't got dames You get packages from home You get movies, you get shows You get speeches from your skipper And advice from Tokyo Rose You get letters doused with perfume You get dizzy from a smell What don't you get? You know damn well You have nothing to put on a clean white suit for What you need is what there ain't no substitute for There is nothing like a damn Nothing You feel restless, you feel blue You feel lonely and in grief You feel every kind of feeling But the feeling of relief You feel hungry as the wolf felt When he met Red Riding Hood What don't you feel? You don't feel good Lots of things in life are beautiful But brother There is one particular thing that is nothing whatsoever in any way, shape, or form like any other. There is nothing like a death. Like the frame Of a dame There are no books
3: Like a dame And nothing
0: looks Like a dame There are no drinks Like a dame and nothing thinks like a dame Nothing acts like a dame Or oh, acts like a dame There ain't a thing that's wrong with any man here That can't be cured by porn.
1: There is nothing like a dame from Rogers and Hammerstein's South Pacific. In 2003, Peters delivered the surprise coup of many a Broadway season as Mama Rose in the revival of Gypsy, the Jules Stein, Stephen Sondheim, Arthur Lawrence musical. Mama Rose, that ultimate of domineering stage mothers and a part cast in bronze by Ethel Merman more than four decades ago was a role that few people would ever have predicted as a fitting vehicle for Peters. When it was announced that she would be appearing in Gypsy, the joke went around that she would be playing Baby June, the child actress frozen in professional prepubescence by Rose. But the real problem many feared was that Peters was simply not up to the vocal demands of the role, referred to by insiders as the King Lear of musical comedy for women. New York Times critic Ben Brantley mentioned that many people who saw her in previews feared that her overtaxed voice would vanish before the night ended. Fears escalated when a few days before opening night, Maureen Moore, Peters' standby, replaced the star, who was said to have a cold for several performances. Against all odds, however, Peters triumphed in the role. Bernadette Peters is a revelation, wrote Ben Brantley in the New York Times. Working against type and expectation, she created what Brantley described as the most complex and compelling portrait of her long career, and she has done this in ways that deviate radically from the merman blueprint. Critic David Lefkowitz shared Brantley's view and praised Peters' assumption of the role. Pipewise, she's no merman. But Sing Peters can, and her rose is fierce, funny, sexually appealing, now there's a switch, and fully conceived. We are so conditioned to see Mama Rose as a monster, it's nice to be reminded that the character is also a hard working, desperate and suffering woman. David Cote, too, noted that Peters' rose was sexy, driven, hard as nails, yet vulnerable underneath. For Peters, Part of the pleasure of performing Mama Rose was the opportunity to reflect and learn about herself, her own childhood and family. Gypsy was very illuminating, she explained. It just got deeper and deeper. I learned so much about myself, it was like the best psychoanalysis I ever had. Oh my goodness, I knew about it all. My life, my mother, my family, everyone. You know, it's always very interesting. We always hear from performers when they're starting a project. When it's on Broadway, you're hearing from people in previews. And, of course, we're coming now from the perspective of 400 performances of Gypsy completed. And so instead of asking you what you're hoping to do with the role, <laughs> how do you feel the role has grown over the year?
3: Oh, gosh. It's... Uh... What it's such a great piece and it's written so well that it just goes deeper and deeper and deeper and the cast is so amazing Tammy Blanchard who plays Gypsy, Ro- Louise and John Dossett uh, plays Herbie um, Kate Reinders plays June I mean they're they're just a great group of actors an amazing bunch of actors and we all feel so safe with each other we can go any place and we do um, I've just, I just love getting up there and taking my risks and taking my chances and, and, and being up there without a high wire. It just, I keep, what really what's happened is I've learned so much about myself and how I feel about things. I was discussing this with, um, Hugh Jackman. He said, Oh, that's so interesting that you say that because I was just in Boy from Oz. He plays Peter Allen, but, in investigating yourself into a role, investing yourself into a role, you pull. You know, you're an actor. You're pulling up things in in your life, in your past, in your. And he said, I, "I'm learning so much about how I feel about Australia and just and different things, and and it's been amazing." And that's what happens. Uh, it's almost like um, Eileen Atkins, in an interview she gave, she said. Sometimes I feel like I am the person. You know, you get you hope that that can happen that you get to feel so so connected with it. And I I'm I'm just learning so much.
1: Well, when you began the New York Times tried to draw some parallels between your mother and your role as a child actor mm-hmm. and then the role that you were stepping into. Has that growth continued for you? Do you think you've uh, even come to understand that more?
3: Oh, yes. Um I I never was uh playing my mother, you know, I never played um because I I had to pull from my my uh, emotional repertoire <laughs> and what I would feel about things, but I certainly um can understand some of her points of view and I also learned a lot about um things that I never thought about before and and I mean it's the, been the best psychoanalysis you could ever Hope to have, and I learned a lot about her too.
1: and that interview clip was taken from an interview with Peters, conducted by John Van Susten and Howard Sherman for the American Theatre Wing. Arthur Lawrence called Peters's Rose brilliant, original, totally unlike any of the others, following in the footsteps of Ethel Merman, each actress portraying Mama Rose raised the show to a higher, more challenging, emotional level. noted Lawrence each brought out new dimensions and contradictions in Rose. With Bernadette Peters, it was her unexpected, aching vulnerability. The monster was also a touching human being. Peters has a beautiful, wide-ranging voice, but it is the effortless, nuanced singing of the actress that enables her to use each of her songs in Gypsy to bring out another element of Rose. In her furiously paced, some people, it's the driving determination – in Small World, The Sly Humor. And in You'll Never Get Away From Me, The flirtatious Sexuality. In 2003, Andrew Gans wrote on playbill.com of Picas's recording of Gypsy. What is it about her voice that is so moving? Part womanly and part girlish, it is a powerful instrument, not only in volume, though that is impressive, but in the wealth of emotion that she is able to convey. Her voice... That mix of husky, sweet, rounded, vibrato-filled tones induces a response that spans the emotional scale. Here is Peter singing You'll Never Get Away From Me from Gypsy. You'll
0: never get away from me climb the tallest tree I'll be there somehow True You could say Hey, here's your hat But a little thing like that Couldn't stop me now I couldn't get away from you Even if you told me to So go on and try
1: Just try
2: I love you, but don't count your chickens
0: Come dance with me
2: I warn you that I'm no boy scout Relax a while,
0: come dance with me
2: <laughs> So don't think that I'm easy picking. The music's
0: so nice Rose,
2: cause I just may someday pick up and pack out
0: Oh no you won't, no not a chance No argument, shut up and dance You never get away from me, You can climb the tallest tree I'll be there somehow True, you could say, hey, here's your hat But a little thing like that couldn't stop me now I, I couldn't, couldn't get, get away, away from you Even if I wanted to Well, go on and try just try ah, And you're gonna see ah, How you're gonna Not at all Get up.
1: Peters's brisk sweeping away of preconceptions about both a mythic character and the actress playing her casts new and haunting shadows on a familiar landscape, noted Ben Brantley in the New York Times. Traditionally presented as an armored tank on autopilot, which finally crashes only minutes before the final curtain, Rose emerges in this gypsy with her monumental willpower intact. But something new and affecting is simmering within the character – wrote Brantley, a damning glimpse of self-awareness. You get the sense that if her frantic, ambition-driven movement stops for a second, she'll deflate into a small and bitter creature. Peters' portrait is so intimate and persuasive that you aren't allowed to step back and think, what a monster she is. That's because, thanks to this actress's willingness to turn herself and her character inside out, you've been let inside Rose's mind. What a sad and fascinating place it is. Here is Peters' disturbing and thrilling take on Everything's Coming Up Roses from Gypsy, taken from the 2003 cast album recording of the show.
0: I'm gonna make you a star. I'm gonna build a whole new act all around you. It's going to be better than anything we ever did before, better than anything we even dreamed. Look at the new star, Herbie. She's going to be beautiful. She is beautiful. Finished. We're just beginning. And there's no stopping us this time. I had a dream. A dream about you, baby. It's gonna come true, baby. They say that we're through. But, baby, you'll be swell, you'll be great, gonna have the whole world on a plate, starting here, starting now, on the earth. A kiss take a bow on earth uh. I can tell just to wait That lucky star I talk about
1: After an absence from the Broadway stage of six years, Peters starred as Desiree Armfelt in the Broadway revival of Sondheim's A Little Night Music, from July 2010 to January 2011, replacing Catherine Zeta-Jones. Interestingly, the role of Desiree Armfeld was one that Peters, in her own words, had not thought about much before I played it, but my singing teacher always said, that's your role. It turned out to be a really wonderful role for me, she noted. Charles Esherwood in the New York Times wrote of her performance, For theatre lovers there can be no greater current pleasure than to witness Bernadette Peters perform the show's signature number, Send in the Clowns, with an emotional transparency and musical delicacy that turns this celebrated song into an occasion of transporting artistry. I'm not sure I've ever experienced with such palpable force or such prominent goosebumps the sense of being present at an indelible moment in the history of musical theatre. Peters' version of Sending the Clowns is naked, plaintive, wounded and ironic, a cry of disillusionment and amused self-recognition. It's more like a monologue, she says of the song, explaining that it flows dramatically from the scene before, when Frederick, Desiree's old lover, says that they can't be reunited because he is still attached to his teenage bride. He's stuck. He's in midair. Peters noted. It's a ridiculous relationship and he can't give it up. He loves the woman sitting next to him. She's so heartbroken and it's just ridiculous. For Peters, it's important to express the weight of the long, disconsolate silences in Sending the Clowns. Those pauses are wonderful for what's going on in that moment of what's not being said. I bring all that information with me into that song that heartache, that loss, because I know. Here now is Sending the Clowns from A Little Night Music, as sung by Bernadette Peters with Stephen Sondheim himself on the piano, recorded in 1994 at Southern Methodist University.
2: I've said repeatedly that I believe that teaching is a sacred profession and that art is a form of teaching. So, with the help of Bernadette, I'd like to teach you a little.
0: And where are the clouds? There ought to be clouds Well, maybe
1: Peters next appeared in the role of former Follies girl Sally Durant Plummer in the Sondheim-Goldman musical Follies, which played at the Kennedy Center in May and June of 2011. Peters then reprised her portrayal on Broadway for a limited engagement run at the Marquis Theatre from August 2011 to January 2012, receiving a nomination for the Drama Desk Award Outstanding Actress in a Musical. Of Peters's performance in Follies, one critic wrote, She may not be the most traditional casting for Sally, now an ultra-neurotic housewife in Phoenix, but she exquisitely captures the character's unfathomable sadness and longing. It's a star turn for sure, but one that brings attention to itself because of its truthfulness. Not surprisingly, her rendition of Losing My Mind is simply shattering. Indeed, Sally's big 11 o'clock number, Losing My Mind, a pastiche of Gershwin's The Man I Love, packs so much lyrical acuity into its moan of melody, argues Jessie Green in The New Yorker, that only a very brave actress will step fully on board. But Peters does, and, as Green points out, singing it, she usually starts crying by the bridge. At the end, you think, this woman's life is over. Here is Losing My Mind from Stephen Sondheim's Follies.
0: The sun comes up, I think about you the coffee cup I think about you I want you so it's like I'm losing my mind the morning ends I think about you I talk to friends I think about you and do they know it's like I'm losing my mind all afternoon doing every little chore the father Sometimes I stand In the middle of the floor Not going Left Not going right I dim the Lights And think about You spend Sleepless nights To sing about you, you said you was lost. I'm losing my
1: In 2013, Peters starred in the Sondheim-Winton Marsala staged concert review A Bed and a Chair, a New York Love Affair at New York City Center, which featured jazzy arrangements of Sondheim songs. Brantley, in his New York Times review, wrote, As a singer and actress, Peters just can't help being ardent, full-throated and sincere. She also reminds us here of her considerable and original comic gifts. Though Peters' Broadway appearances are infrequent, she can often be heard in concert, relishing the chance to step out of character, perform her most cherished numbers and connect with her fans. It's thrilling and wonderful, she says. There's no fourth wall. I get to talk to the audience and I get to choose the songs that I've been sitting backstage listening to during shows or songs that I've been running around in my head for years. Peters devotes her time and talents to numerous events that benefit Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, in addition to her pet project Broadway Barks, an organization that promotes the adoption of shelter animals. She has also added author and songwriter to her list of achievements with her debut children's book Broadway Barks, a New York Times bestseller, aptly named after the organization she co-founded. The book package includes a CD of an original song written and sung by the author. Her second children's book, Stella is a Star, features another of her original songs. The proceeds from the sale of both books go to Broadway Barks. In May 2012, New Dramatists, an organisation that supports beginning playwrights, presented Peters with their Lifetime Achievement Award. In announcing this honour, the organisation stated, she has brought a new sound into the theatre and continues to do so in surprising and miraculous ways. By some sleight of magic, her singularity always manages to bring out the best and richest in the work of her composers and writers. Peters has been performing for over 60 years. The thing about this job is it's always changing, she says. Every time there is a new project or a new show, it's different and you keep learning and wanting to learn. How do I get to the reality of this character? How truthful can I make it? That's what drives me, to keep learning and sharing. Well, that brings us to the end of another edition of Great Interpreters Goes Broadway. I hope you enjoyed tonight's program with me and I look forward to sharing with you the life and career of the First Lady of British Musical Theatre, the extraordinary Elaine Page, in next week's edition, the penultimate in the series. So do join me again next Friday, July 17th at 8pm here on Fine Music Radio for highlights from Page's career, including Evita, Cats, Chess. Sunset Boulevard and Follies, to name but a few of the many remarkable musicals that she has starred in. As always, a reminder that if you missed part of tonight's show or would simply like to listen again to this program or any of the previous programs in the series, you can do so from the On and Off the Record website, www.onandofftherecord.com That's www.onandofftherecord.com You can also subscribe to the On and Off the Record podcast on iTunes and if you have any comments, questions or suggestions you can reach me via email at adrian at record.com. I'd like to leave you tonight with the words of Stephen Holden who, in his New York Times review of Peters' 2002 Radio City Music Hall concert described her as the peaches and cream embodiment of an ageless storybook princess inside a giant soap bubble floating towards heaven. She communicated that a belief in the power of the dreams behind the songs, if not in their reality, was possible. Playing us out tonight is Some Enchanted Evening from Rodgers and Hammerstein's South Pacific. From me, Adrian Fuchs, have a wonderful evening. Till next week, good night.
0: evening, you may see a stranger, you may see a stranger across a crowded room, and somehow you know, you know Tell you why Fools give you reasons Wise men Never try cha